morning, would you please stand and sing with us? Sing this next one with us.
we thank you for this day we thank you for giving us the chance to come here and worship you lord we pray today that you would open our hearts and open our minds so that we can focus on your message and receive your word in jesus name amen please turn and greet one another
Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us today. We'd like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations. We figure whatever the size of a church, if we're doing these five things, uh, we are drawing closer to what we should be as individuals and as a group. The first of which is radical hospitality. If you're new here today, we hope you noticed the um, coffee and donuts. You're welcome to bring them here. You're welcome to sit at that table. We leave that up uh, for worship. Uh, restrooms are over here, and a security check-in station is in the back if you're going to take your children, uh, fifth grade or below, to the um, nursery or to Sunday school. We want to make sure you do that. We have visitor cards and prayer cards uh, in the back, um, and you can share a prayer concern with us, any type of prayer concern. And you can also um, uh, uh, call a number on the front of your bulletin that gives me an immediate email. Uh, you can also text that number, and I get an immediate email of a concern or need that you may have or a uh, uh, concern that you simply want to share with the Tuesday prayer group. Basketball registration is closing down. You want to make sure you go to our website. It's on the um, front page there. There's a link. Um, don't miss out on that opportunity. It also helps our um, athletic director, Tommy Stanton, know exactly how many teams we have and um, who they need to be. Um, we have had... Um, conversations forever about walking across the street to the screen printing company um, that's fairly new and uh, all the coaches have had a jacket and everybody says where'd you get that um, we walked across the street and said can you come up with something like this and they said absolutely and they said and since we've been here, we've been meaning to come across the street and speak to you. Uh, so soon enough, you're going to see um, order forms for uh, memorial gear, and I hope that we continue to expand what we offer you so you can uh, wear it around town. Uh, supper at 6 is this uh, Wednesday. Um, today is the last day to register. As the attendance register goes by, we are going to decorate the Thanksgiving baskets of um, a Sunday school class that uh, we'll talk about in risk-taking mission and service. It is their mission and purpose to um, give these Thanksgiving baskets to the, to the community. We'll be decorating those baskets and we'll be watching a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll have um, baked chicken and the children will have chicken fingers um, and you just need to register in the attendance register as it goes by. That is a very different thing um, than what I'm about to tell you for Consecration Sunday, so make sure you notice those too. The fall festival is tonight from 5 p.m. to 6.30. That means we won't have any programming, the normal programming for children, youth, or adults. Make sure that um, uh, you can come and support um, this uh, great thing for our community and for our church. And we're still short a few game attendants. Uh, it's simple. It's fun. You'll have a good time. If you would like to do that, please let Aaron know. And we are going to take every chair away from uh, the space today to have a big wide open space for the fall festival. Um, we believe in passionate worship. We don't um, have any announcements in particular about that today. We believe in intentional faith development. Um, uh, really today is just about fun. We don't have any announcements about intentional faith development today either. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. And I'm going to invite Terry Arthur to come up uh, to speak about that um, to uh, about that project in a way that you can participate. Good morning. Come on, let's do better than that. Say it like you mean it, let the Lord love you. Good morning. All right. You said wake him up, Joe. No, no. <laughs> he's too nice a guy. He, he didn't ask me to do that. Now that I've ruined my credibility, 
I'm going to read what I have to say so I get it right. So if you hang with me. Before I direct you to your bulletin for information regarding the Thanksgiving Food Project, I must first note that your committee on mission wants to thank you for your ongoing generosity and our service in supporting missions. Our church, because of your giving and some that have gone before you, serves others in many ways. You can view a long list, if you like, in Memorial's annual report to the district superintendent. It's lengthy. Specifically through the United Methodist Committee on Relief, or UMCOR, we help people nationally and internationally. Regionally through efforts like Redbird Mission, statewide with support of the likes of Epworth Children's Home, Sockahatchee, Emmanuel's Hammer, but especially important are our missions locally. With Joe's example and his leadership, Memorial and all its many moving parts are very active in this community with service to others, as Christians are tasked to do. Everything from facilities for Boy Scouts, food, coat, and many other drives, step, soup kitchen, and more. So two words we don't use enough. Thank you. Now, to your bulletin. During the past 26 years, the Foundation's Sunday School class and Memorial members have bought and delivered over 1,100 turkeys and Thanksgiving food boxes to needy families with children identified by local elementary school teachers and counselors. The food costs are about $45 each. Deliveries are made beginning at 1.30 p.m. right here in the FLC on the Sunday afternoon before Thanksgiving. We can give ourselves a happy Thanksgiving by demonstrating our gratitude for all our blessings. Donations are needed to buy the food. Usually about 70 families are fed. And in the event extra funds are raised, they're given to the Greer Soup Kitchen. Please mark your memorial gift, Thanksgiving. Also, delivery help is needed to take the boxes to the families. This is a good service experience for anyone. Please help as you can, and thank you. Thank you, Terry. We believe in extravagant generosity, and as part of that, we have a season in which we talk about Consecration Sunday. I'm going to invite Wayne Morris to come up and speak. Wayne is uh, going back-to-back -back Sundays, uh, last Sunday and this Sunday. I celebrated last Sunday for his and Christy's commitment to mission, and this Sunday for generosity. And while he gets set, I'm going to have you um, raise your hand if you didn't make a reservation last week for the celebration dinner on the 19th. We have a celebration dinner that's free of charge. Um, we just need to know if someone's coming. And in fact, if you know that you cannot come, uh, we want to know that as well. So if you haven't filled out a card, if you'll um, raise your hand, the usher will bring you one. You can fill it out. Um, be very simple. And we'll, uh, we'll get that done. Thank you. Morning. If I'd known I was going to have to follow behind Terry, I probably would have chose a different Sunday. Uh, but uh, appreciate that, Terry. But I, when I was asked to speak, um, sort of the first thought I had was, you know, why would they want me to come up here and speak? Because this is really not my strong uh, thing that I can do. But uh, it did give me a little time to uh, reflect and um, uh, just 
think about the church and what all it's done for our uh, family. Um, we've been attending here for about 18 years, and uh, man, time flies. Um, when our kids, when we first came, our kids, uh, Emily and Leanna, were six and three, and uh, they're fixing to be uh, 24 and 21. And I tell you, it just, uh, it, it, it really, when you look back on it, it don't seem like it's been that long. But, uh, but um, <clears throat> I just want to take a few, mo few minutes this morning uh, just to express uh, what this church has meant to us and our family. And, um, and just like just just take this opportunity to do that uh, it's been a great church home for us uh, been very f supportive of us throughout the years I, I can't think of all the um, the wonderful ways or I can't name all the wonderful ways and the people that have blessed and supported our family both our kids have benefited from the many programs that the church has offered between uh, Sunday school, youth, um, just the different things. Uh, There's just been way, so many ways that they've supported both our kids. And um, as we approach this season where we reflect on how we can give back and support our church and the, and the programs, I'd just like to thank everyone that's contributed both financially and spiritually through the years and let you know that it does make a difference. You, you may not really realize or see what you do in your time or your money, how it goes, uh, but I just want to say, like from our family, we appreciate it and, and we have benefited from it. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I wished I could name all the things or the people that have helped and done, um, but I, you know, I just, like I said, this is not my strong thing, but I just wanted to say a few words that what this church has meant to us. And, um, and in closing, I want to read a passage from 1 Peter verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. It says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. But thank you all so much. Wayne represents a silent majority of people who don't like to speak much but do a whole lot um, all over our church and I'm grateful to you Wayne and to all of you. Uh, who participated. If y'all filled out that card, make sure that um, we get it back and we'll um, register that and you'll be done. You'll be set for the dinner on the 19th. Um, the generosity of this congregation in every single way just goes above and beyond and is, uh, we continue to be a blessing to this community and we want to be a bigger blessing to this community in every way, shape, and form. Uh, thank you. Um, let's pray together. Lord, as we open this text, as we read of pain and sadness, as we read of arguments and conflict, as we read of love and acceptance, help us, Lord. Help us to see the way that we have the potential to be the agent of conflict. That we have the potential 
to trip people up. That we have the potential to close ourselves out and close others out. But the overwhelming story of this text is that we have potential to love and to serve. Take these themes, take these ideas, take these words, take all these people in this story and draw them together so that we can understand every element. We can see ourselves in every element. And we can learn today together. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today we're talking about a number, 500. 500 years since the Reformation. 500 years since a really, really crazy day in which a faithful leader in the Catholic Church decided that something needed to be said. If you think about the times when you've been in a boardroom, times when you've been around a large table at maybe a Thanksgiving meal, times you've been in a church boardroom and there was someone who was saying something negative enough or bullying everyone to the point that no one else wanted to say anything and you in that moment had a choice whether to say something or not to say something. The text today is not directly tied to the Reformation because it preceded it. By thousands of years but it's tied in its theme it's tied in the discussion that we're talking about and we're going to try to try to weave those two together today so you have the Roman Catholic Church the church that was started by a man who followed Jesus to the best of his ability failed a good bit succeeded a good bit if you look at the popes in all of history you google it it goes back, all the way back, all the way back, all the way back. Looking like a, um, a sorority or fraternity picture. But it goes all the way back through the years, back to Peter, who was following Jesus. But 500 years ago, they were in a dark spot. They were in a dark spot where they were taking advantage of people. And something, someone thought something should be said. I think I've got a picture here. I think it's going to work. See that hammer? See that sick haircut? That's looking good. See the gear? That's pretty comfy gear he's got there. You know how formal we've gotten in a number of different places. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty relaxing garb he's got there. It looks a little warm. He's got that hammer. And that's Martin Luther posting 95 theses on a door. Things that he thought were brutally wrong with the practices of the faith at that time. You ever send an email to a bunch of people at about 11 o'clock at night? Deeply angry, upset. And then you wake up in the morning and you go, Ooh, I guess I sent that email. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to deal with that now. And there's two categories. There's you sending it in the two, of which all 10, 20, 30, 50 people can reply all. 
or you putting it in the blind courtesy copy of which it goes directly to that person. This, this is in the two category. He has hammered it on the door and everyone is seeing it. And we're celebrating the 500th anniversary today. The Lutheran Church does it far more than anyone, obviously, because it's connected to him. But in both worship services, we're going to talk about the Reformation and how the Scripture today connects to it. Matthew 22, starting with verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that the Sadducees had left, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had left the Sadducees speechless, they met together. One of them, a legal expert, tested him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Well, I'm sorry. Let's stay there one more. What's the greatest? This is a question that's asked all throughout the Bible. Of who's number one? The most complicated version of that is this one. Because there's so many laws. So many rules. So many guidelines. And this person is asking Jesus, which one is number one? The crazy thing is, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are not friends. They're not bros. They don't hang out together. They don't like each other. You know, like yesterday, there was some team that you don't like, but they were beating a team that you don't like more. So you're for them. That's what's going on here. I don't normally like you guys. I don't normally associate with you guys. I don't dress like you guys. You have different garb than we do. You have different beliefs than we do. But we're all trying to trip up this guy who's coming in and trying to take control trying to wreck all of it. And so they're just kind of huddling together trying to come up with another way. We've read it for weeks. I'm thinking y'all might be getting tired of reading these. Of people trying to trip up Jesus. We've done it for weeks. Um, so that leads to the first phrase. Rankings. This happens especially in the gospel as it pertains to the topic today. The followers of Jesus talk about rankings. And they want proximity, both now and in the afterlife. And the reason they want proximity is because they want significance and influence. They want to be the most important follower, and they want to determine who sits where, both now and in the future. Guess what uh, his detractors want? Proximity. They want to be close to because they want him to make a mistake and they want to discredit him. Every text we've read for the last five weeks is them trying to discredit him. They can get him to say one stupid thing. Same as we talked about last week of um, uh, political primaries. If I just get you to say one stupid thing on tape, that's the thing people remember. Then you'll be discredited. Then we can move on. And this might be the best one. You say that you understand the law? We believe in the law. Tell us which one is number one. Humans also asked him, tell us which one is number one. Why are we so obsessed with that? Why are we so obsessed with rankings? We'll keep reading and see. Verse 37. He replied, you must love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. 
You must love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't make up a new thing. He taps into a very ancient thing. A very ancient belief and phrase of those people that they who studied the law and know the law would know. He's given us an answer that is the embodiment of our faith. But then he expands on it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. Had a conversation this week um, with our next door neighbor, Jeff, who um, used to be the chairperson of CPW. Powerful in the community. Uh, massive lamb in his yard is on our power line on a good day. Much less when it gets cold, much less when there's ice, much less anything else. And you know, we're sort of talking about it, looking at it. 36 hours later, a uh, tree team was out there and cut that limb up and had it off the line. That has to do with, I'm assuming, his attention to detail, but also his authority uh, with that sort of thing with CPW. There's a super positive version of that. You ever have a not so positive version with a neighbor with some sort of property or some sort of animal or some sort of whatever and you think. And I promise, every time you walk out the door, they're walking out the door. And you're running into them. And you're either making small talk or you're trying to avoid them or you're bringing up this particular topic. He says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. What I want to talk about here is the one word I want to give you is opportunity. There's such an amazing pattern in the way people learn to love their neighbor. Uh, throughout the Bible, there have been people who have been excluded for one reason or another. Either because the community excluded them they excluded themselves based on their own actions. Or they believe in their action entirely, but the community around them is angry. That happens in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And you know who approaches those people? First of all, God has to approach them. God approaches those people and says, I have a new opportunity for you in which you are now going to be a leader for me. And the number one answer, number two answer, and number three answer of those people when God says you're going to be a leader for me is what? No. <laughs> no. No. I've asked people to be in leadership in church for 17 years now. And the number one response when we ask people is they go, what? You mean do what? Then they go, mm -mm. no, no, and you don't want me in that position. Then we talk to them about it. Then we share the gifts. Then we share the opportunities. And then that person sometimes still says no. They're like, mm-mm. But lots of times that person takes an opportunity to be in leadership because we believed in them to do that thing. It happens over and over in the Bible. And see, there's an energy... When you've been selected. And those leaders in the Bible have that energy of all of a sudden I was excluded based on their beliefs or based on my beliefs and now I'm included. They start to have a little bit of belief in themselves. I'm talking about the people in the Bible now. When they did not. You ever have those days, those weeks, 
those months, those years when you do not believe in what you have. You might have the skill set, but you don't have the attitude. You might have the attitude, but you don't have the skill set. You might have the attitude and the skill set, but you don't have the opportunity. And you think, no. Mm. Cannot, will not. Don't even want to talk about it. Do not bring it up, especially at the Thanksgiving table. Do not bring up the opportunities that are in front of me at the Thanksgiving table. But when someone's chosen by a group of individuals, by Jesus, by God, all of a sudden, they believe in themselves a little bit. Guess who else they believe in a little bit? Guess who else they're willing to help? Neighbor. They're willing to go from the absolute desert back into the heart of it. They're willing to face a pharaoh. They're willing to go in from the well into the city and tell people, a man out there at the well welcomed me. They're willing to go and tell people, I was a fisherman. I've now been called to tell you about this guy over here. He's from Nazareth. From Nazareth? Who's... What good thing could come from Nazareth? And then they get the opportunity to say, come and see. So that God, self, neighbor has such incredible potential and happens throughout the entire Bible. I've seen it happen here. I've seen it in every church I've ever served. God reaching out to human isolation. The human either fighting that, <coughs> running from it, accepting it, or mercy, all three. And the neighbor, I want to help that neighbor because I was helped before. The root of all of it is gratitude. How much energy do you have? How much willingness do you have when you are grateful to a group or to an individual or to a church or to whomever or to God? When, it, when you are grateful for a gift. Verse 40. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. I think I've done this a bunch of times to y'all, but I like doing it every time. We don't use books very often in this service. of y'all have read this much of the Bible? Probably different parts. At one point in time, I've read the whole thing. Never, if y'all know me, y'all see me read for an extensive amount of time. It's not in my nature. I'll listen. I have an audio Bible. Let's talk about the barriers to reading this. The interpretations, in my opinion, have been too complicated for too long. All the nuances and everything about ancient Near Eastern culture that we don't understand that makes total sense to them makes it hard to understand. All the geography, which if we said a man from Honeyapath or a man from Greenwood or a guy from Lyman went to Greenville or a guy from Greenville went to Moore, we would understand all of that. But geography is tough for us because we don't know it as well. We can't as well as they did. 
And so interpretation, history, geography, complication, they all make it difficult to understand. What's Jesus saying with that phrase? The law and the prophets can be summed up with love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let's talk about the implications of that. Access is your next word. You ever been given access in a way that you didn't expect? Backstage, better seats, even getting to go to the event. Hey, I've got two tickets, whatever it may be. Moses in the desert with the Israelites went up a mountain to get the Ten Commandments. You know what I mean? People got to see it? None. In fact, he was gone so long that what did they do? They were down on the bottom and he said, I don't know if he's coming back. Uh, uh, Aaron, associate minister, do something. Associate minister goes, I don't know, maybe we ought to do something. He, he doesn't know anything. He, he doesn't know, you just tell people to relax. Instead, they boil all their jewelry down, they make a bowl, they start to worship that. No access. Only Moses went up there. When Zechariah went in the temple and found out he was going to have a baby, and it was going to be John the Baptist, guess how many people were in there? One. I was about to do zero. One. Guess how many additional people were in there? Zero. There's no access for the majority of the people. The priests, in that time, and all the way up to the time of the Reformation, have closed off the people to the outside saying, we have ultimate authority of what God says. Guess how many people are literate in that time? So there's very limited access for the people to hear what God is saying. And so guess who gets to say exactly what, was God's, what God was saying? Just a select number of people. A select group of priests who were angling and nudging and moving so that they could get what? Proximity. Power. Authority. And guess who's taking a wrecking ball to all of that? Jesus coming in and saying, I can summarize the Bible for you. I can summarize our texts for you. You don't need to be able to read. You don't need to be able to come in the temple. You don't need to be able to have been here for 30 years. I can tell you right now, any of you, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Now literacy isn't such a powerful tool. Now proximity isn't such a powerful tool. Let me give you a quote. I'm going to set this up a little bit. Indulgences cover the majority of the 95 theses that Martin Luther hammered to the door. And the practice of indulgences is loosely covered in this quote, but it's so big, I can't give you the whole thing. What you're talking about, paying the church to cancel your behavior and to gain access to the church and to heaven. Horrific. But an amazing model to get the most money possible. That's why you have these enormous cathedrals. Because every time you do anything, say anything, feel anything, we need you to give us money in order to cover it or erase it. 
also your loved ones who have gone on before you? We're not quite sure where they are. But if you give us money, the right amount of money, we can make that easier. Can you imagine what kind of power that was? What kind of horrific power that was. Now look at this quote, and I'll, I'll see, if it, see if it makes sense. In the Crusades, you're talking about um, paid mercenary soldiers going to take Jerusalem back. The sale of indulgences was a byproduct of the Crusades in the 12th and 13th centuries. Over time, church leaders decided that paying money to support good works was just as good as performing good works. They first told those soldiers, if you go, it'll cover everything. You get in. Imagine what kind of power that was. Over several centuries, the, the practice expanded and the church leaders justified it by arguing that they had inherited an unlimited amount of good works from Jesus and the credit for these good works could be sold to believers in the form of indulgences. They had inherited an unlimited amount of good works from Jesus and they said, guess what the upcharge is going to be? Exactly what we say. We get to determine a thing that we got for free. For free. In other words, indulgences functioned like a confession insurance against eternal judgment. This is the prevailing action of the prevailing religious group who were supposed to be talking about Jesus' sacrifice and purpose. To have the courage to say something about it. But man, it meant something. Now, do we make fun of the Roman Catholic Church? I don't. Because anyone who gets ultimate power and authority thing, they're going to get there. They're going to get a version of that thing because that's what gets you um, to that place is power and authority. But here's your last phrase. It's not a solo effort. You'll hear it emphasized that you personally need to make a decision in which you accept Jesus and if you do not, it's real trouble. And anyone else who does not, it's real trouble. Now there's a proper motivation in there of hoping that someone will accept the love that God has given them trouble in that in some cases is that it's a solo effort. You. You need to do it. The, the human race has consistently tried to earn the love that God gives them. And the reason they want to earn it is they want independence. The reason they want to earn it is they want control. When it's a gift that's given freely, something that they cannot possibly earn, as good as that feels, it also feels kind of out of control. So they want to earn it. Can you imagine selling something that was given to you? Selling a gift that was given to you to people who desperately need it. But you know why there's such a great market for selling uh, um, uh, entrance into heaven? watch commercials and count how many of them say there will be no effort whatsoever. It's not even any trouble. 
look, you just get the broom, you just pull it out, and the kitchen will be clean in like five minutes. 1999, and you are done. This light that you can't get, uh, 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 can't ever find one, you're tripping over and you're falling over the trunk, it's going to be easy. This is all you have to do. That gunk that's on your car wheel, that nothing has ever gotten it, and then they show a guy that's super frustrated trying to get the gunk off the wheel, it's going to be done, son. Just give us 19.99 and you are done. Why would that be so easy to pitch that to people? Just give us this money and what? You're done. Oh, and um, if you want to prepay for some stuff that's coming up in the future, some other stuff you're going to do or say, go ahead and prepay us now. Now, I don't know if anybody ever prepaid and then they thought, I don't know if that was enough prepayment. We're going to need to settle up and get a little bit more, probably. Man, human beings. Human beings are crazy. When we have guilt and regret... When you use the power of loved ones who have died before us and you say, I can help your loved one if you give us a little bit more. Man. And when your faith becomes deeply personal, it's only about me accepting, only about me gaining. We're in trouble. The human race is receiving this as a free gift in order to offer it as a free gift because we are collectively working out our salvation. My favorite thing that Kristen said in the podcast this past week was, um, she said, Martin Luther said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And she said, he didn't know the word y'all. That's kind of, that's kind of our word. But the translation of the word that he used is y'all. Y'all work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's a community. It's a purpose. It's a hope. It's not something to get around and hold against someone. Again, not making fun of that church or those people. I'm talking about human nature. And how can we combat it? We can think about the way that God has called us. We can think about the opportunity and purpose that's within each of us. We can think about the neighbor next to us who might not know and might figure they don't have it. How can we love our God? How can we love ourselves? How can we love our neighbor so that everyone will know that our God exists? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in our uh, modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. 
You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And as you see on the back page, the extravagant generosity section, you can give in the plate or give electronically. And those of you who filled out a card, if you, before the plate comes by, if you'd raise it up and our ushers will come get it from you uh, so that we don't lose that. Choose to believe that you and I will see. 
and sing this last one with us.
Yo yeah. 